This episode of Tales from the Backlog is brought to you by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash realdavejackson. Some personal heroes of mine like Chris Nelson, the Top 3 Podcast Crew, Zulgeek, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Nick Vicori, Jill, Soccer, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, JD, Doug Leaf, Jason Emery, Rob Shack, Brian Skersha, Randall, Jake Martin, Jenny E., and a new patron, Dave C., and many more have all gone to patreon.com slash realdavejackson to throw a few bucks a month and help support the show. In return for their donations, these wonderful people are getting some bonus treats like voting in polls for games to appear on the show. Bonus episodes, like this month we had a bonus episode about the game Detention, and on my bonus retro gaming podcast this month, called Tales from the Way Backlog, we had Zombies Ate My Neighbors. So if that sounds interesting to you, you can head to patreon.com slash realdavejackson. Any and all support is always appreciated. And with that being said, let's get to Dead Space. Hello everybody, my name is Dave Jackson and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where each week I'm joined by a guest to bring a game out of the backlog, play it, and discuss. My guest today to discuss Dead Space is a friend of the show, a Twitch streamer under the moniker Vertigo to Hell, and he's here to make us whole again. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey everybody. Good to have you on the show, man. I've uh, I've watched you stream several times. We've been chatting in various discords and Slack servers for a long time now. So good to finally have you on the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Today, we're going to talk about Dead Space, like I said, which is a sci-fi horror third-person shooter developed by Motive Studio and published by EA in 2023 for PC, PS5, and the Xbox Series consoles. Uh, We are going to talk about the remake today. That's the only one that I've played. The original game is from 2008, and that one was developed and published by EA. So again, talking about the remake, though I know, Chris, you've played the original, so we will probably reference some of that a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. The spoiler policy for this episode, if someone's listening and has not played Dead Space, uh, this is how the show works every episode, pretty much. We are not going to spoil the story before the spoiler break, so we'll we'll talk kind of briefly about the story, but we'll um, we'll avoid spoiling what happens before the spoiler break. So you can find the timestamp for when the spoilers begin down in the show notes. Uh, so we've prepared some elevator pitches for everybody who doesn't know what Dead Space is. I say this is sci-fi horror with one of video gaming's best weapons aboard one of video gaming's best spaceships. Chris, what would you say? Um, I would say for me, um, it was kind of like Aliens meets Event Horizon uh-huh. with a hell of a lot more stomping. <laughs> that sounds good to me, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, some quick stats here for how long the game is. Um, I played this on PS5, and it took me 13 hours. Uh, I did not do a ton of side questing, um, so I think that you could kind of extend this out a little bit longer if you 
go backtracking for side quests. How about you? Oh, yeah, same. I, I did like one or two towards the beginning and then kind of had to get on track with the main quest there. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I could see uh, a lot more time being put into it, uh, like going back for a replay. Yeah, for sure. Um, you played this on PC? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll start out by getting into our histories with the Dead Space series and this uh, remake in particular. And uh, Chris, we'll start with you. You have played the original, so when did you play that, and what made you want to play the remake? All right, uh, so it was kind of around when it first came out. Not exactly, but I'd say within probably the same year it mm -hmm. first came out. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it, it was really kind of cool getting to uh, play play a game like that, That kind of like in my elevator pitch, that was like uh, Aliens meets Event Horizon, being on like a really cool spaceship, mm -hmm. being a cool space dude. Um, <laughs> I actually never played the sequels. Okay. Which uh, which might shock people because I, I I think people generally like two the most of mm -hmm. the series, but uh, yeah, I, I I I just know the first one. Okay. Uh, and that that yeah, that's basically it. Okay. And um, was it me inviting you to come on the show that made you want to play the remake, or was it already on your radar because you liked the first one? Yeah, it, it, it was uh, generally on my radar. Um, I remember people were actually, before it came out, were so hyped up for Callisto Protocol. Yeah. Like, they thought, oh, this is going to be the new Dead Space. And mm -hmm. then it came out, and everybody was disappointed. And nobody believed that EA was going to come out with uh, this remake that was actually going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, and yeah, when when it first came out, I, I I watched a couple couple of like little short bits of streams, and I'm like, oh yeah, this looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I uh, I had to go back, and you know, it, it was worth it. It took me a while to go back. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, totally worth it. Yeah, for sure. For me personally, I never played the original. Um, I I had an Xbox 360. Back in 2008, I played a ton of video games. Uh, I'm not sure that I, I'm sure I heard of Dead Space. Like, I, I don't think it was that off my radar, but I, I certainly never even considered playing it back then, even though it got really good reviews and stuff. I think 2008, I was probably mostly still playing Oblivion and Fallout 3 and games like that. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> This was, uh, I, I was too busy spending hundreds of hours in those games to really consider playing other stuff, I think. Uh, so uh, I'm also a very, very recent, I mean, in the last couple of months, um, official fan of horror games. So Dead Space is one of those games that a lot of people say is super, super scary. And th therefore, it was totally not part of my plans for video games at all. Um, until I eventually found myself enjoying horror games more and more as time goes on. And uh, this was actually the winner of the October Patreon poll for games to come on the show. The patrons, I think the two finalists were Detention and Dead Space. And uh, so the patrons chose, actually it was a tie, I remember, because we did another Smash Brothers tiebreaker. And uh, Dead Space came out victorious so that's why it's on the show, because it was the winner of a Patreon poll. But me kind of coming to terms with the fact that I actually do like horror games, 
put it more on my like, okay, I should probably play Dead Space. This is like a super famous horror game, right? That's right. One of us. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, for for people who don't know, uh, Chris usually streams horror games um, on Twitch. So uh, you you did stream this game a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say I probably got a to the good uh, like halfway point, and then I'm like, oh wait, uh, the date is coming up. I I really gotta <laughs> sit down and probably do the rest of this off stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and to get into some quick opening thoughts about uh, this remake here, I thought that this game's pretty good. The one big surprise, which I will get into, you know, later in the episode, was that I did not think this game was very scary, which is a big shock to me. Um, I'll, I'll get into that. But it is a, a tense game. Um, and I think that there's a lot of very, very cool uh, gameplay design, visual design, and sound design to go along with uh, all of that stuff. Um, I I know this game has a story that a lot of people think is interesting and um, surprising. Uh, I spoiled myself on the story a long time ago because I was convinced I would never play this game. So uh, shout out to Play Along Podcast, friends of the show, uh, for a fun episode that I listened to and completely spoiled the story for myself. Um, how about you? What did you think of this remake real quick? Um, so I, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from uh, with your opinion there. So for me, I'd say it was a generally a, a, probably a bit more scary. But like I have a thing where jump scares in video games really get me. Mm-hmm. I got my headphones on and you got the loud noise. It's kind of like be- seeing a horror movie in theaters where it's yeah. just loud and, ah, you know, it gets you. Mm hmm. As far as like the uh, like the story, you know, I mean, I guess I could take or leave it really like uh-huh. like like it's a sci fi space <laughs> horror story there. there, There's necromorphs running around little raw chickens jumping on you, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's it, it it's fine for what it is. Um, I'm 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 sure EA has made worse games. Uh, I'm sure they have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such as Dead Space 3, right? <laughs> right, from what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like, in, in, in general, I, I, I think it's solid for what it is. It's it's a dumb B-horror sci-fi story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it has fun with its jump scares. It does get a little old to me after a while. Yeah, 13 um, hours is... um. <laughs> fairly long for this kind of like super intense no breaks horror game i think right 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 and like like my favorite like i do a lot of indie horror games and like i don't know three to eight hours is mm-hmm. kind of like the good spot yeah and uh you know you, know, you got 13 hours here and ooh, oh but yeah uh overall pretty good i say yeah. pretty good all right the uh, the other thing I guess I'll just mention right at the top is that this is not super fair to Dead Space if you want to view it in a vacuum, but nobody plays video games or consumes media in a vacuum. And I played Resident Evil 4 Remake a couple months ago, and uh, yes. Dead Space is super, super inspired by Resident Evil 4, and Resident Evil 4 eats its lunch, in my opinion. It is just not as good if you play them in close proximity. So while I was playing Dead Space, I did have this nagging thing of like, man, RE4 was really fucking good, wasn't it? And so (laughs) it was just kind of on my mind. And I 
I may bring it up when we talk about gameplay a little bit later, but I, I want to kind of get that out there that I am on Team RE4 if we're picking sides. Absolutely 1,000% the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, not to uh, not to belabor that point, uh, kind of dunking on Dead Space at the beginning. We, we both said it's a pretty good game. Let's, uh, yeah, let's take yeah. a little break, come back, and um, introduce the story for Dead Space. So, in Dead Space, you play as Isaac Clark, who is a crewman on a repair vessel called the USG Kellyan, who is sent to a planetary excavator ship called the USG Ishimura. This is the uh, kind of advanced technology sci-fi to the point where we have these ships that basically break entire planets apart to, um, to mine them for resources. So, big advancements in space technology here. Uh, the USG Ishimura has gone silent, and so the Kellyan is sent to investigate. Isaac, though, is particularly interested in what's going on on the Ishimura because his girlfriend, Nicole Brennan, works on the Ishimura, and he received a distress call from her about uh, bad shit happening without <laughs> getting into spoilers here. Uh, this is all, you you learn all of this in the first five minutes of the game, what I just said right there. So... A couple things about this, like setting or story setup. I think um, I want to shout out the Ishimura for being really fucking cool. It was in my elevator pitch. There is something to me about maybe it's the limitations of our own technology, you know, the the real world that we live in. But a giant, like unfathomably big spaceship like this, or like a a, a star destroyer in Star Wars, or something like that always cool it's like automatically give me a big fucking spaceship it's cool the cool thing about this though is you go to lots of spaces inside the ship where you see how big this thing really is and you're in one small section of the ship but it's this cavernous room that you're in and so it really gives you like a crazy sense of scale for where this game the entire game takes place basically in the ishimura oh yeah it is a really, really cool ship, and um, I think something about it that, like, you know, I, I, I go back again to the movie uh, Event Horizon, mm-hmm. which uh, this ship reminds me a lot of, is that it's it's very industrial looking, yeah, which, which I think is really cool and goes perfect for being, you know, like a, I don't know, blue collar planet cracker ship. Yeah. Like, you know, of course it's going to be industrial looking and, you know, Event Horizon had that kind of like industrial look to it. Um, very, very cool. Ship is gigantic. I love it. I, I I don't get very many awesome ships like like, I don't know. Uh, what am I thinking of? Like uh, like the Normandy from Mass Effect. Yeah. I remember it was always a lot of fun to just kind of like, you know, because that was kind of like a hub in between missions. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this one especially with like the uh the side quest in it being able to uh you know backtrack and mm-hmm. uh, you know you do some backtracking in the game main quest anyways um just yeah really cool yeah 
the the fact that it, it is so big like you know the the normandy can fit like 20 people on board this the the ishimura is like it's it's like its own city basically so yeah. you compare it more to the citadel from mass effect um so the fact that it is that big and you go from all of the classic space station locations you go through crew quarters and kitchens and uh, like work areas and all kinds of places like that. So you really get the a morgue. good feel. Yeah, <laughs> the morgue. Let us not forget that. Um, hospitals and operating rooms and all of those things. So you really get a sense for like how complete of an environment this ship is. Kind of like, um, uh, what's it called? Talos One in Prey? It might be mixing oh, up with Oh, yeah, the space station. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, similar scale to that where you, you go, th- you see every facet of everyone's life on the ship you go to all those places um one uh, one notable thing to point out about the remake and i'm interested to get your opinion about this here chris is that isaac is voiced in the remake isaac was a silent protagonist in the original isaac does not have a a noteworthy voice i would say he sounds like a regular guy which i think plays into his characterization he's supposed to be a regular guy uh, but since you played the original where he was a silent protagonist, do you prefer him with the voice or did you prefer him just being quiet? Um, I I didn't mind his voice in this one. Like you said, uh, he's very everyman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess go, going back to Resident Evil again, he he, <laughs> he he's not the everyman that I liked from like Ethan Winters from seven and eight, okay. especially seven. He is kind of, I don't know, forgettable, but uh, I don't know, just uh, play, playing modern games like I didn't mind it. It was nice when I was streaming it where I didn't have to read all of his dialogue out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he had some he had some fine lines every now and then. I'd say I approve. Yeah, it's it's kind of Isaac's thing, like his his whole thing. He's an engineer, uh, a crewman. He's not. Like, um, compare this to Shepard from Mass Effect or any number of uh, action games, shooters. He's not a buffed up military dude protagonist. He's he's just a guy. This plays into the uh, the weapons that you use. You Your weapons are mostly like engineering tools and stuff like that, like uh, plasma cutter and, you know, a flamethrower, stuff that an engineer would probably know how to use, you know, fixing up spaceships. Um, so it all plays into his characterization. His voice actor, I think, did fine for what they wanted. I don't think they wanted you to come out of this with uh, like thinking that Isaac is this insanely charismatic character because I don't think he's supposed to be. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I agree without 100%. So what's going on on the ship? Once you get inside, uh, there are... A few minutes of calm as you walk in. There's a really great opening where you you exit the ship that you came in on. You're starting to walk down this, um, I want to say boardwalk, because I don't have a better word for it in sci-fi terms, but you're walking through this like entrance hall, and there's the big lit up sign that says USG Ishimura, and then all hell breaks loose. There's aliens on the ship. Uh, the crew have been turned into these these monsters called necromorphs. Um, they attack your crew on the Kellyan, and everyone either gets killed or separated. So this is a very solitary game. 
Isaac is by himself and you're trying to uh, press on in the ship to find out what happened and look for Nicole, try and save Nicole. Uh, so that is where I'm going to leave off on the story here. Uh, Cause I, I don't want to get any further with why there are aliens on the ship or what's going on with Nicole. Um, but that is basically the bulk of what the narrative of this game is. Um, so did you enjoy, um, without spoiling what's going on, did you enjoy finding out what's going on with the crewmates and what's going on with Nicole and all of that? Yeah, you know, I uh, generally had a lot of fun with it. Again, it it, it is a very uh, B-horror movie, but I am certainly down for that kind of a uh, horror story. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> aside from... Uh, uh, so, so some of the uh, the gameplay loops being kind of samey, it was still worth getting like the the story stuff that happened. It would it it, it was kind of like a, like a nice break from the action more mm-hmm. or less. And uh, yeah, I, I I'd say in general, just uh, because it has been so long since I played the original, a lot of the uh, the story stuff was actually kind kind of fresh to me. Like mm-hmm. I I didn't remember a lot of the beats. Because mm-hmm. it had been so many years, um, so yeah, absolutely, I I I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I I think that without spoiling, I think that the explanation for what's going on with the crew and why the aliens are there, I thought that was pretty fun. I enjoyed that storyline. Um, there are other things going on on the ship that I thought, or in the story that I thought were a little bit weirder and like a little bit harder to suspend my disbelief. We'll talk about those in the spoiler section. Um, It's worth pointing out though, that like you said, you have long chunks of gameplay and then short bits of conversation. Like you're talking to your crewmates on the radio or uh, something else is happening. But a lot of that conversation is literally just like uh, classic space station. Everything's breaking conversations where it's like, uh, Isaac, uh, the gravity field is fucked up. Can you go fix the gravity field? And Isaac's like, yeah, I can go fix the gravity field. And then that's what that conversation is. So, um, I think that a lot of the like storytelling, like direct storytelling is pretty backloaded unless you're reading a lot of the notes that are around the ship and the audio logs and stuff like that, uh, which build up flavor about like what happened, but not like Isaac's story on the ship, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I did uh, really enjoy getting like a lot of the audio logs and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. it it is more like context of like, oh. I don't know, uh, this doctor is crazy. Here's more examples of why he's crazy. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> nothing to do with Isaac at all. But, you know, it's still still a fun way to break up the, uh, you know, the uh, the constant shooting. Yeah. Isaac is, um, is all work. He's really focused on what's going on with, uh, the mission to basically keep the ship from exploding or breaking apart or getting hit by asteroids or any number of bad things that can happen to a ship. So his story is really backloaded, like I said. Um, but along the way you're learning about this religious cult that's on board. You're learning about, Uh, what went on with the crewmates both before and after shit hit the fan on the Ishimura. Um, I enjoyed that backstory a lot. And they do the cool thing where audio logs let you move around when you listen to them. So you can listen to an audio log and go scrounge for supplies while you're listening. 
You don't have to stand in place. Um, I'm glad that that's kind of going the way of the buffalo. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I I I will admit this though. I I am too old school of a, I guess a gamer guy uh, that when I do get an audio log, I still tend to sit there. Uh huh. Because I <laughs> always fear that like, oh, if I move too far cutscene is going to happen and i'm going to miss you know whatever dialogue i I, i'm just too old school on that (laughs) that's that's true i did tend to like at least stay in the room that i was in when an audio logs playing because i don't want to go through a door and then have something attack me because i won't be able to to listen in that case absolutely yeah um and then a lot of the like i said a lot of the the backstory of what's going on with the crew um and the aliens and the source of all of this madness um, I thought that that was pretty fun. It's it's not life. It's not a life changing story. And again, there's one really big thing that would surprise people. Would maybe surprise people. I'll ask you in the spoiler section uh, that I spoiled myself on. So I can't really comment on whether that was well uh, delivered. But I do think that it's pretty well foreshadowed. If that makes sense. Like I feel like people should pick up on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kind of famous thing with this game. So, um, yeah, uh, the other part of like the storytelling and, um, you know, world building and stuff in here is the way that the game looks and sounds. Um, I want to shout out the remake for being a really, really good looking game. Um, The way that it's photorealistic. So, Isaac's suit looks really nice in the way that like light reflects off of the metal pieces of his suit. His suit looks really cool too. Um, especially when you get some of those upgrades and it starts looking more and more like workman. I don't, I don't know. Industrial. That's the word I guess I'll use. You know, it doesn't look like a, a space suit. It's definitely not like a space military suit, like some other games that you might uh, control somebody in space. It looks like he's going to work and you get more and more protection in the form of like metal bars going across the suit as you go on uh, throughout the game. So this is a really good looking game. Um, I also want to shout out the lighting. Of course, it's a horror game, should have good lighting and um, really, really well done here in Dead Space. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I agree. The, uh, the suit looks really cool. Um love the upgrades for it uh i i know me personally i could have used even more protection from it yeah <laughs> uh, because i am bad at action games uh, <laughs> but yeah the uh, uh the visuals are just so good like um i swear uh didn't it even have like a thing where like you'd get like uh like if you got like attacked like you'd get like the uh the blood and gore like on the yeah. suit too. Yeah, you'd be covered um, in blood at yeah. the end of those fights. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, visually it's 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 pretty chef's kiss. Yeah. Um speaking of visual chef kisses, this is a really famous thing about Dead Space, the way that it has this minimalist UI and and HUD look to it where when you're playing there's there are no HUD elements at all. Isaac's health bar is a little tube of weird green liquid on the back of his suit or something. I don't know what's in there. Probably shouldn't drink it, whatever it is, but uh, that will display his health. 
And then um, you have another type of ammo, uh, like these stasis charges. There's a bar on the back of his suit for that. Um, and if you want a waypoint for where to go, if you right click on the, or if you click on the right thumbstick, it will give you um, a line to follow on the ground, not a dot out in the distance that's always there. So this is um, really, really well done. I don't, I mean, I, I feel like this is this and like the, the jump scares, I guess, are probably the two most famous things about Dead Space. So I don't feel like I need to spend a lot of time introducing it to people, but it is excellent. It's really good. Oh, yeah. I That, that waypoint line thing, I used that. I, I, I was pretty much spamming it the entire <laughs> day. Yeah, um, me too. And like, what was also really cool about it is that um, the, uh, the very few side quests that I actually managed to do like when you go into the menu and you change the tracking for it, you could, you know, use the line on the side quests, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the uh, like as far as the uh, like the, the no HUD thing, I think uh, is really, really cool. It's really good looking, really cleans up the screen. But for me, uh, not having like a health HUD thing, mm -hmm. I did not pay a lot of attention to the back of the suit. Okay. And I would often find myself finally paying attention to it with, uh, I don't know, probably like one health point before uh -huh. death. And like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm just bad at noticing uh, that, I guess. But uh, at least visually, it's very, very nice, very clean. It is small. So like, yeah, it's you want to give them points for being clean and making this like clean interface and or no interface to look at you're just looking at your character but it is pretty small and like i played this on a big tv it still took some time for me to get used to um, after a while i did get used to it you're always looking generally near that anyway you know you're looking where your your aiming reticule is not like directly at isaac's back but it's not that far away to just you know quick flick your eyes over, check and see. But you are right. Like I would often get hit a bunch of times and because the health bar is not where it is in literally every other video game, I would be like, oh, got hit, got hit. I wonder how much health I have. I look, at, oh, I'm about to die. Okay. <laughs> so that did happen often. Yeah. The uh, ammo um, is displayed on like a little holograph screen that comes off of your gun itself. That, again, it's cool to not have that as part of like the UI down in the corner of the screen somewhere, but it is pretty small. And during like hectic fights, it was kind of hard to keep track of. Even if I'm looking right at my gun, it was still kind of hard to see how much ammo I had left. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, me being kind of bad at action games in general, mm -hmm. I, uh, I just had very little ammo <laughs> For anything throughout most of the game but yeah it's a uh, yeah very small like i like the idea it it, it it would be cool to see like um how how something like that could be like better improved i i have no idea if you know dead space 2 or 3 did better versions of that or yeah i i would assume that like if dead space 2 and 3 did better versions that they would then carry that forward oh, right, into a right. remake yeah yeah it, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm here where I'm like, I think the idea of this and the execution of it is really good. It's awesome. 
I still had issues seeing that information because I'm just not used to it. And the, the ammo thing, I think, is really small. The stasis bar is really small also. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so it, it's it's one of those things where the health, I got used to that. But the other stuff, it was like, this is very cool, an idea. But in execution, it's merely like pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty good. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy they uh they tried it at least like it is uh it is pretty cool yeah i mean it's definitely something to commend them for for um taking all of that stuff away that distracts your eyes from the action uh so kind of on that note this is a horror game we could we talked about in the beginning of the episode um how we felt about how scary it was but you mentioned the jump scares. There are lots and lots of jump scares in this game. So those kind of got you, you said. But other than that, did you find this to be a, a creepy place to explore? Were you always on your toes, basically? You know, um, generally, I say I was. Uh, so, some Sometimes you would get to uh, a big room, for example, and you know, oh, oh, right. As soon as I walk in here, a quarantine is going to happen and yeah. 30,000 necromorphs are going to be popping through. <laughs> but uh, it would do um, uh, some nice little jump scares occasionally for me, um, especially when I would backtrack. And uh, sometimes I would uh, end up like opening a door and I would get into a situation that reminds me a lot of the original Doom where you would open the door and there would just be like the monster right there, mm. ready, you know, ready to kill you. Generally, I'd say it 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 kind of worked throughout, while also getting a little, you know, old after a while. But occasionally, something neat will pop up and you know, jump scare me. Pretty yeah, good. yeah. It does this particular thing, like the amount of jump scares and the way that uh, encounters are set up, does get old. I think. Um, because number one, there are off the top of my head, there's like maybe four or five types of enemies that you'll fight on a regular basis for 13 hours. That's excluding like special bosses. There is like a kind of Terminator type enemy that gets introduced partway through the game, but it's, it's another necromorph. It's just bigger and it regenerates. That's about it. So you're right. Like when you go into those rooms and you're like, oh, I got to take a battery and put it in the battery slot. When I pick up the battery, stuff's going to pop out of the walls. You you start to see the the puppet strings well before the game is um, over. So I do think there's a point like, I don't know, like if it's 13 hour game by like hour eight, I was like, they don't have anything new to throw at me. I know exactly how this is going to go. And there's a particularly like the last couple chapters of the game are really, really samey. You you can predict exactly how all the combat's going to go because it, they just they don't have anything new to show you by that point in the game. So I'm with you. It definitely did kind of like I was still kind of like, OK, I want to see the conclusion of the story. So I don't want to say the game like totally wore out its welcome, but there were a couple times when I was like, man, this is, I can't believe there's more of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, 
we brought up a Resident Evil 4 remake earlier, and I hate to do it again, but I'm going to. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how that one is able to do the loop so well throughout the whole game. Um, and this one, Dead Space, does get a little tired. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's dead space just being kind of like, uh, like just samey locations being on like one spaceship generally or, yeah. or what, but yeah, it's, uh, more variety definitely might've yeah. helped it. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this and I think I was talking about this with, um, with Adam Bucheri, one of our, our, our mutual, uh, friends around the discord servers, and we were talking about how in Resident Evil 4, the Ganados have so much variety to them. Even early in the game, you'll meet several different types. They kind of act unpredictably. Whereas the Necromorphs, um, as far as like, they look really cool and scary and, and disgusting, but they all act, they all just run straight at you. There's no real right, strategy right. to fighting them. So I, I think that contributes to like we're we're here to, in talking about like was this game scary? This is why this game wasn't that scary to me because I I'm going through a hallway, I see a big vent and I'm like, well something's going to pop out of that. Something's popped out of like 10 of the last 15 vents I passed. So I I really get used to how they introduce those and how they're supposed to jump out and be scary and then once they're there I, maybe I get swarmed by them and I get killed, but it, it's not because like they're doing something I didn't predict. It's just because there's 10 of them and sometimes it's too much. Uh, so I, I think that really plays into why um, this game starts to feel like it's too long at some point. And uh, by the end of it, I was not the least bit afraid of what might be coming because I already was like, they're not going to introduce a new enemy in hour 13. They would have introduced it already. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I will uh I will say this though, something mm -hmm. that I weirdly discovered. So when 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 I end up getting swarmed by enemies in in like horror games or action games or whatever, I end up doing a thing where I try to loop them around the big room um so I can get my bearings, maybe, you know, turn around really quick, get get a couple of good shots off generally in games they they kind of just stick behind you but i did notice something in this where if you have more than one necromorph um they won't just always chase behind you they'll actually move differently uh-huh which i thought was pretty pretty interesting like they'll they'll be like oh well um this guy's gonna like move up the middle of the room all of mm -hmm. a sudden or or this little tentacle guy is just not going to really move at all, and then you'll just run right into them, uh, looping Fuck back those around. those little tentacle guys. God damn. I, those I, are so I, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> the little tentacle guys and the little raw chickens, I hated so much. Uh, <laughs> so we talked a little bit about the necromorphs. They look really scary. Um, they look really gross. I like the design of them. The thing that I think I want to give this game credit for, because like the, the, the jump scares and stuff, I, I can't think of a single one that really got me in a satisfying way. It's just kind of like, oh, a loud noise. And then I'm kind of like startled for a second. But, you know, if if someone walks in my room and smacks my desk when I'm not looking, I'll get scared by that too. It doesn't mean it's a good scare. So the thing that I want to give this game credit for is I think that the sound design is really creepy. 
So the tension that I felt when I'm walking through the space station, I want to attribute partly to um, the lack of ammo, which we'll talk about in a bit. There's a little bit of tension knowing like, oh, I don't have much ammo left. If a bunch of stuff pops out, it's going to be a whole thing. But I think a lot of it goes into the sound design as you're wandering through the ship and um, hearing everything that you hear it is really, really well done. I think this is the best part of its like horror vibes, the sound. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I really dug the sound in this, you know, between uh, the monster sounds, the weird whispers you'd hear throughout mm-hmm. the uh, the classic horror kind of like soundtrack with the violin strings and the, uh, you know, the their own kind of like jump chord kind of uh, things that would happen eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, you'd, you'd walk into one of those big rooms. Yeah, you'd get the usual, oh, the room is quarantined. There's anomalies about. But then you get like the cool music, uh, which which, you know. I dig. I dig. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the combat music, like it's not melodious music. I think that's a word melodious. It's, it's not catchy hooky music, but it's like intense pounding stuff in the background, uh, which is, which is cool. You know, horror game, intense combat, which we'll talk about in a bit, but the combat does get intense. Um, the, the music reflects that for sure. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the whispers, uh, that you hear. Um, the other thing that you hear, cause it's, it's often a very quiet game until it's not quiet suddenly. Right. But when it is quiet, you're just walking around and you hear like the groan of metal as you're walking through and like the ship's kind of in a bad shape. So you might hear things break. Like you hear like sparking, uh, wires and stuff like that. Um, it's all, all really good, like environmental sound. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, they really nailed it with this one. Really gives it that just classic B-horror movie vibe. While it might not be as uh, scary or the scariness, uh, you know, wears out its welcome, you know, 13 hours in. Uh, The music, um, I love. Just love it. The whispers, all of that stuff. Um, I think the uh, the whispers also help remind me of uh, my comparison to the movie Event Horizon. Yeah, and it gives it that haunted spaceship feel, even though it's not technically haunted. The movie Event Horizon came across my mind like real early in the game, and uh, I I never watched that movie because I don't like horror movies that much. Um, but I did read the Wikipedia page several times because I think the the idea of that movie is really fucking cool, and so like this this game did remind me of um, of what I had read there. I'm probably never going to watch the movie because from what I read, it's intensely brutal and fucked up, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, it did remind me of that. So the gameplay in Dead Space is a third-person shooter, over-the-shoulder camera. It's that Resident Evil 4, The Last of Us, third-person cinematic action game camera that we have now. Um, I guess this was one of the early adopters of it back in the day, though. So um, 
the gameplay, you're third-person shooting, it's most famous for this dismemberment system. Uh, the cool thing about the combat here is that even though it's a third-person shooter, just shooting the enemies a whole bunch of times is rarely the best way to deal with them because it will use more ammo. And ammo is scarce in this game. So uh, using the dismemberment system is the way to go about it. So you will shoot enemies usually with the necromorphs because again, like 80% of the things you're going to fight are the regular necromorphs. Um, we didn't really talk about what they look like. They're humanoid because they used to be the crew members, but uh, their limbs are really long, kind of spidery, really thin and gangly. And this is perfect for the main loop of the game, which is to shoot the limbs off um, using your main weapon, which is called the plasma cutter. Uh, so you line up the plasma cutter with their limbs as they kind of run toward you or crawl toward you, depending on what's going on. Um, you can press your alt fire button to um, alternate between horizontal and vertical for the plasma cutter. And then you pop, pop, shoot the limbs off. If you shoot off their legs, they fall down. If you shoot off their arms, they can't, um, you know, swing their stabby appendages at you anymore. And that is uh, the way to go about it. So how did you feel about this main kind of uh, first part of the combat here, which is uh, as they write in blood on the walls, cut off their limbs? Let me talk about that for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever <laughs> scrawled, cut, cut, cut off their limbs in their own blood on the wall. That, that, that is just absolutely ridiculous. I love yeah. it. Call, call um, me crazy, but like if I'm <laughs> if I'm ever bleeding that much, I don't think I'm going to have the wherewithal to write out a full sentence on the wall in my own blood. Exactly, I I can barely function with a basic cold, uh, let, <laughs> let alone bleeding out. Can but, barely function yeah. with all the blood in my body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, uh, I guess I'm of two worlds on on this combat. If I think about it too much, it's. It's kind of uh, ridiculous and very video gamey. Oh yeah, but but it is very satisfying, especially uh, taking out the legs of like the uh, bigger main necromorphs, getting them down on the ground, crawling to where they're a lot more manageable. Especially yeah. in a room filled with you know, I don't know, like five of those guys, three tentacle guys, and you know, what one of those like poisony guys. I'd say it is a, a a pretty pretty satisfying loop in general. Not quite as good as like uh, Resident Evil 4's uh, uh, combat loop for me. Yeah, but I mean, who can compare really to that perfection? Uh <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, I think it's mainly because once you get an enemy down or uh, disabled in dead space, the only real move is to stomp on them repeatedly until they explode. Uh, whereas, you know, Leon's doing suplexes and spinning jump kicks and shit on the enemies in RE4. And uh, Isaac just can't compare. Yeah, I will. I will say this, though, something that I did find satisfying. It, it didn't work so much in rooms with multiple enemies because they would often uh, get up in front of me. But the the punch with the gun. Oh, yeah. Like, I took out so many necromorphs without needing to use any ammo just by punching them over and over and over again for about a minute. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it worked. It worked. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't think I ever got to the point where I was meleeing them 
uh, that much. You do have a melee attack with your gun, uh, but it is useful, like, because, like I said, the enemies, they get it right up in your face. So if you're not able to shoot out the legs before they get to you, you can hit them with a melee to, like, back them up a little bit so that you can buy yourself some more space. So it is useful for that, for sure. We already mentioned, like, the other half of this loop is when the enemies are down, you can either, like, precisely line up headshots or uh, save your ammo and do these brutal foot stomps. The foot stomps are cool. They're visceral. Um, Isaac, like, screams and curses when he's doing them, especially, like, as the game goes on, it gets more and more gruff. By the end, he's he's had it with, uh, with the stomping. <laughs> I, I had a hard time predicting how many stomps it would take to kill a particular enemy. So like sometimes I'd shoot them down, they'd be down on the ground, one stomp would take them out, sometimes two. Sometimes it would be like five though, and I really couldn't predict it. And I took a lot of like seemingly unnecessary damage because of that. Did that happen to you at all? Um, occasionally. Um, I, I, I think most of the time I did generally take them out with either the uh you know, the melee punching with the gun or um, uh, just shooting them uh, enough times to where they were no longer moving. And then I, you know, do the typical one stomp to get the uh, whatever the uh, delicious reward was uh, from that monster. Um, mm. But yeah, there were definitely some uh, panic stomps while they oh, were uh, oh, yeah. up and attacking me. Uh, and yeah, that that generally took a while, but I don't know. Uh, me personally, I loved uh, the stomp mechanic. It was very uh, uh, gorily satisfying, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's explosions of blood and, and viscera and shit when you're stomping. Um, Isaac's yelling at him. It is it is good, um, especially when it you know works the way I feel like it should. Like There are just a couple too many times where it was like, man, how many stomps is this thing going to take? <laughs> I think one other funny thing is if you kill an enemy without stomping them, you can still run over and stomp on their corpse to get like an ammo drop or something like that. So there was like a real psychopath gamer behavior of mine where maybe I would see a dead body that I didn't stomp on. Maybe it was already there. Maybe it was like a dead crewman's body or something. And I'd run over and stomp on it. Like, please give me some more plasma cutter ammo. I'm out. Oh, absolutely. I did <laughs> the exact same thing. I was punching. I was stomping. Uh, in fact, I had one one good moment um, that that I loved uh, that I uh, I was able to uh, uh, capture footage of where. So like uh, th there, there would be a uh, when, when, when you get to the medical unit, um, there's like a lot of like dead people strapped into like beds, medical mm -hmm. beds and uh you you'd punch them and they 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 wouldn't really move or you know um uh you know break up into chunky bits or anything but i had one that was in some straps that i did one punch and he like flew across the room <laughs> in like these gory bits and it was just like whoa that 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 is my favorite moment of this game period <laughs> uh they need some uh, need some stronger duct tape to hold that body together, I guess. Seriously. <laughs> um we we kind of talked before about how like this this combat system and I think it's a good basis for a combat system. I think it's really good. Um but w I do think that it gets old about halfway or 2 thirds of the way through the game. 
Um, it was never like, not saying it was not fun to do all this stuff, but the encounters became incredibly predictable and it really felt like they ran out of ideas. So the reason that this didn't downgrade to just being like, I'm sick of this, uh, is because there's not enough ammo for the guns that you want to use. So I, I do think that it's programmed in that like if you're favoring the plasma cutter, it will stop giving you plasma cutter ammo for a while to force you to use the other guns uh, in your arsenal. And this is the thing that I think saved the combat from becoming like gratingly boring. Uh, because if I could just use the plasma cutter the whole game, I would have because it's so cool. It's one of my favorite video game weapons now. It's like gravity gun levels of of awesome, I think. But they do make you mix it up. So the other weapons, luckily, I think are really fun, like pretty much across the board, interesting, different use cases for different weapons. Um, they will force you to get familiar with weapons that you're not familiar with. Uh, so I, I think that this, again, is it's cool how they force you to mix it up and it, it really saves the whole thing, I think. Yeah, I think uh, that was generally a uh, pretty good idea. I agree uh, with that, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, most games, most of us, we end up favoring, you know, one or two weapons at most uh, to play through the entire game. And making me literally uh, being so low on ammo that I've had to use every gun and then sometimes just punching people Mm -hmm. uh was 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 a really good idea to get that uh you know that variety throughout the whole game with the uh the weapons and there is like another layer of strategy that i i kind of like intuited but didn't fully understand until i watched a couple of videos after i was done and that's that in the remake there's this mechanic with the enemies where their skin will peel off as you shoot them um, you'll you'll see this with the plasma cutter. You'll shoot a necromorph in the leg, and you'll see the skin fly off. And then you can shoot the exposed uh, bone or something. I don't know. And you'll you'll cut the leg easier. But different weapons have different properties as far as that goes. Some weapons are really great for peeling skin, and some weapons are really good for cutting. But you can't cut until you've peeled. So that's why it takes a couple of plasma cutter shots to like peel, peel, and then it cuts. Um, and there's a couple other weapons that don't do a whole lot of damage, but they're really great at peeling. And so if I understood this, I could have like been more efficient with my ammo where it's like, there's a, a, a shotgun analog gun in this game called the force gun. It doesn't do a lot of damage, but what it will do is it will peel all the skin off in one shot and it will push them back, which is super helpful. And then one shot with the plasma cutter instead of three or four will cut the limb. And then you can go from there. Um, I wish I understood this when I was playing. The game doesn't explain it to you, but it, it is shown visually, I guess. If you're paying attention to the enemies, you'll be like, holy shit, that dude's got no more skin. Would have been nice to know. But I think that there is a little bit of like mechanical complexity there uh, where you could get really, really creative. It would be super useful on hard difficulties. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that that's actually something I I don't think I really noticed on my playthrough. Yeah, uh, me definitely. Uh, well, keep that in mind for any uh, future replays. Uh, that is very interesting. 
did you have a favorite of the other weapons that you get? Um, so I actually, um, you know, aside from the plasma cutter, I agree with you on that one. That, that, that gun is a very cool. Um, but I think, uh, my favorite is actually the ripper. Oh yeah. Um, just throwing that saw blade out and being able to basically stun lock the enemies, mm-hmm. uh, until they're dead, uh, w- was very satisfying. And then, um, oh, that that was that one gun. I forget what it's called. Like it has like the, uh, like the, uh, the reticule is like kind of like, I think it's like the longest line, um, which was perfect when you had it horizontal for, for getting rid of the, uh, tentacles, Oh, the line gun. It's yeah. like a plasma cutter, but bigger, basically. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the that, line that, gun. That was perfect in those situations, mm-hmm. um, especially when you got those... Uh, oh, what it, that dude in the wall who would spit out freaking tentacle guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, overall, probably the Ripper. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting that... I think the one traditional weapon that you get in this game, you pick up a carbine. It's by far the worst gun, in my opinion. Uh, All of your engineering tools, like the plasma cutter, the ripper, like you said, um, the force gun, which just does these kinetic blasts, those are all, in my opinion, much, much better. I have heard a lot of people say that they hate the flamethrower in Dead Space, and I do not understand. I loved the flamethrower. Oh, the flamethrower was absolutely essential against those little raw chickens. Yep, because they swarm you and they're all over the place. So just a sweep with the flamethrower takes them out. Absolutely. All of your weapons have alt fires as well uh, by pressing, I forget the button, I should have written it down. It's probably uh, R1 to use an alt fire. The plasma cutter's alt fire just rotates like what alignment the, the three plasma beams are. But the other guns all have uh, special things. So the Ripper will shoot the saw blade out instead of just holding it out in front um, and kind of stun locking enemies. It will shoot them out, which is helpful, again, for those little tentacle baby assholes. Uh, Those are babies, by the way. I don't know if you noticed. Those are babies with tentacles. (laughs) Uh, Worst babies ever. Yeah, they suck. They're the worst. Um, Let's see, some other... The flamethrower will just shoot like a shoot a bomb basically, which is real helpful for those assholes that are stuck in the walls that you just talked about there. The line gun will set up like pylons that will hurt enemies if they run through it. Uh, I never did that because I was always kind of in panic mode in combat. I wasn't, um, I didn't have the foresight to set up traps ahead of time. I actually use that against those tentacle guys in the wall. Nice. And when they would shoot out their tentacles, they would just hit it and then eventually die. So I didn't have to really do anything. It was really nice. Work smarter, not harder. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So as is the case in uh, RE4, as we've praised so much, I do want to give Dead Space its props for having a ton of weapons that are all viable. Um, I I said the carbine kind of sucks, but I used it a lot because... A lot of times that was what I had ammo for. So uh, you're kind of forced to use everything. I don't know if it works like how you only pick up ammo for the weapons you have with you or if you can still pick up because you have like a storage box. I wonder if you leave a gun in the storage box, if you'll still pick up ammo for it. But I wanted to try everything. So I took everything with me. 
Yeah, same. I'm I'm really not sure how the item drops work. Like I I know I've there were moments where I had to reload a bunch of times because I kept dying to something, and I would see like the uh uh the same item drops, and they like they would seemingly be randomized. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it would be oh here's some health, here's an ammo for this, here's an ammo for that, here's some money. Like like it didn't seem very consistent. Yeah, I I think that it is dynamic based on how much ammo for each weapon you have, how much health you have, basically what situation are you in, and it will give you something to mix things up. So I think it's an elegant way to force you to use all your weapons. I never totally ran out of ammo in like a way that prevented me from proceeding through the game, making progress, you know, but... Um, There were a lot of hairy situations where it was like, I'm out of ammo for three of the four guns I have. The last one, I have like 10 shots left. Let's make this work. Luckily, you have a couple of powers that you can use. Uh, One of them being kinesis, which lets you pick up stuff and throw them. And a lot of the arenas are littered with uh, explosive canisters, like fire extinguishers or something like that. Uh, pipes, etc., that you can pick up and throw and do damage that way. So, like, even if you totally run out of ammo, you can still use that stuff. Yeah, you know, um, a, a very cool idea, but a uh, um, a mechanic that I actually never really used. Yeah. If I can admit that, uh, just being in my uh, typical panic mode, where I need to just uh, throw off a million shots from whatever gun. I don't know. Like my my brain doesn't work with uh, okay, I got to press this button, hold that down, click this and you know all that kind of stuff. So I never really used it outside of combat or in combat rather. Yeah, I think this is the pro move to like to use this stuff because um those explosive canisters are really powerful. You can take out an entire group of enemies with them. If you pick up a pipe and like pin a necromorph against the wall it's a one-hit kill i just always forgot to do it yeah and i would i would literally be like sometimes tiptoeing around the explosive things because i know they explode i don't want to be around them like in the crossfire and, and die because one of them blows up but like it was really hard for me to make that mental connection for a lot of the game like hey idiot pick that up and throw it it will make your life a lot easier it wasn't until like the last third of the game where I was like consistently like, okay, pick up and throw the explosive thing. Save your ammo, Dave, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any, any future replay, I'll have to be sure to do more of that. <laughs> yeah. The other thing to be sure to do if you didn't already is to use your other power, which is called stasis, which um, you shoot out like a ball and whatever it hits, it will it will create like a slow time field around that. So if you hit an enemy, it will slow down that enemy and any other enemy that runs up close will also get slowed down. This was another thing that like they give it to you within the first hour or two of the game. And then for like three or four more hours, I never used it until I suddenly was like, oh, this is actually incredibly powerful. And then it became a regular part of my um, my combat. How about, did you use this? Uh, similar to Kinesis, not really. I, I think uh, <laughs> most of the time it was on those uh, really fast doors that were opening and closing. Yeah. But yeah, again, just like in combat, 
I just uh, just was not thinking about it. Mostly just thinking about using, you know, the the weapons or or punching them, you know. It is tough to kind of train yourself to use a new tool that you maybe didn't expect to use or you're just not used to. Yeah, exactly. I I, I know I hit a, a couple of enemies throughout the game with that, like there were those like little stasis uh, canisters or whatever that are yeah. sometimes littered about, which then was like, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. I have stasis. And then 10 minutes later, you know, I just forget about it. Mm-hmm. That but. was <laughs> that was me with Kinesis. Um, I did make it a point to use stasis a lot, uh, especially later in the game. You have a big group of enemies together. You can just hit them with stasis. It'll freeze them for like five seconds or something. And then you can you can kill some of them or you can run to the other side of the room to buy yourself some time. Uh, it became very, very helpful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, nice that they, uh, you know, for a game that still even gets a little, uh, you know, tired 13 hours in with the uh, the combat loop. Um, it is nice that there are options like that, you know, using kinesis or stasis, ignoring them and using weapons, punching, you know, and, and you can get, you know, through really using, you know, any of it. Yeah, it, it is cool that you can get through pretty much any of the regular encounters with no ammo. If you use stasis, if you use kinesis to throw stuff, um, if you're meleeing, if you're stomping, I do think that a lot of the game is really doable uh, without shooting the guns very often. Uh, but you want to shoot the plasma cutter. That shit's fun. Hell yeah. What did you think of the boss fights? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am generally not a uh, a fan of boss fights in general. Um, there's very few that I actually uh, legitimately like, which I... I I know is crazy for a lot of people and uh, especially in our post, you know, Dark Souls world where it's all about those gigantic bosses, but they were fine, I guess. Like, like, uh, for example, my rare favorite boss fight in a video game is is probably like uh, the various Jack Baker ones from RE7. Um, Mm. But that's mostly just because I like that dude. Uh, they give them uh, an interesting personality, but like, you know, the, these are serviceable, I guess, for me. Yeah, I, I don't think the boss fights are very good. Um, you, you said that the the main combat loop of shooting off limbs and stomping is video gamey. Well, the bosses are super video gamey. They're often like, there's one recurring boss that's like this eldritch alien terror, something that's way too big to... Seems it feels like it's way too big to like be damaged by anything that you could possibly use. The couple of boss fights that you do with it are in zero G, which is like fine. It's not, it's not fun. I heard it's way better than the original, the zero G stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the bosses all feel super formulaic. Like, uh, this thing has, there's three stations you have to go to where you can, uh, line up like the, orbital lasers and shoot it and once you shoot it it'll break the computer and then you go to the next station and you do the same thing and then you go to the third station and do the same thing and then you beat it or there's a boss where it's like you can't hurt this thing you have to lure it into a a room and freeze it and that's that's it and (laughs) it's just super video gamey 
I don't think that they're that good. Yeah. I just don't think they're that good. Um, they were more frustrating than fun and felt very like video game boss fight by the numbers. Um, the spectacle's cool. I, I will say the one I talked about, that's a giant, giant fucking alien, like amorphous thing. The spectacle's cool. It's real big. Yeah. I think, uh, once again, going back to resident evil, I think, uh, uh, they kind of do the spectacle boss fight a little better, where the uh, the boss fight is just extremely easy. They're just gigantic. And, uh, you know, the old lady at the end of RE7 or or Heisenberg from Village, you know, you, you just blast them a few times. They're gigantic, but they go down easy. Uh, so you get the spectacle. It's no big deal. And it's done really quick. Yeah, my my frame of reference for Resident Evil is is really limited, but um, RE4 lets you skip boss fights by using the rocket launcher if you want to, and Dead Space is like, no, you're going to go through these these three phases. We learned how to make boss fights from Mario and Zelda. That's kind of how it feels, <laughs> and it, it just it, it's cool spectacle, but I did not enjoy really any of them from a gameplay perspective. Uh, so the boss point the boss fights were like the low point of the gameplay for me personally yeah I'd, I'd say probably about the same that always just became kind of like a loop of all right i'm gonna die i don't know a few times i'm gonna run around wait how am i supposed to do this and then eventually figure it out whatever the trick is not very good yeah one last thing about gameplay that i want to uh, give props for um we said resources and ammo are really scarce and this game really activates my gamer gremlin brain of uh, going through all these spaces opening all the containers uh, looting everything i can see for every last resource i can find Um, it's intensely satisfying and in this game a lot of the containers are on the ground and so the most efficient way to open them is to stomp the fuck out of them which is cool Oh, absolutely. I <laughs> being a big fan of the stomp mechanic, period, man, stomping corpses, stomping boxes. Uh, it was pretty perfect. And uh, also um, a lot of the uh, the containers and lockers you can't get into when you first see them. So right. you get to backtrack when you get like higher clearance levels and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, get some more, you know, goodies uh, for the future. Uh, really, really nice. Yeah, agreed. Uh, there is some degree of backtracking that the main story makes you do. Uh, but often like you'll go through some dead space shit and then you'll find yourself in a new area of a level you've already been in. And it's like, okay, to go to the next chapter, you have to go to the tram station, but next to the tram station is these hallways and rooms that were either locked before or there's locked containers in there. And so you can go back and kind of clean up, some of that stuff and that always feels great yeah and i i I figure that like if you're uh dedicated to like uh doing like the side quests the very few that i did towards the beginning had a lot of backtracking as well yeah uh so you got like another reason to go back and then you can check out you know the new the new access to goodies yep engage that gamer brain that's right
So before we get into spoilers, um, we will finish up the non-spoiler part by just giving some brief wrap-up thoughts and answering the question, who would you recommend Dead Space to? So Chris, who would you recommend Dead Space to? All right. um, If you like B-horror movies, you like Aliens, you like Event Horizon, you like stomping on people, you like (laughs) gore, you like jump scares, um, this one is right up your alley. I'd say uh, probably the most obvious is uh, fans of the original. I'd say uh, this is definitely an improvement over the original. And uh, yeah, and anybody who, you know, played it back in the day, uh, it's worth going back to, um, you know, especially with uh, uh, the added things, uh, you know, side quests. Well, you know, I I didn't do very much of that myself. I think uh, some of those are... Uh, pretty cool. You get more context for different characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You like action horror? Right up your alley. Yeah. Um, I think I would, first of all, just recommend this game to fans of third-person shooters, um, especially if you are fond of Resident Evil 4 or the RE2 or 3 remakes from what I've seen from those. I do think that this combat system of cutting off limbs and stomping and stuff like that is fun enough to like give a recommendation to try dead space just based on that because you'll probably think the story is at the very least interesting to follow along uh even if as i'm going to talk about in the spoiler section some of the story falls a little bit flat uh, but a lot of it is pretty interesting to follow Uh, but i do think that the the combat is really really good until that point where i said that it kind of got old but like the first section of the game where before that point, it was really fun, uh, like consistently. Um, It's challenging. It's always making you mix up your weapons and approach things with different strategies. So there's a recommendation just based on that. Um, I have not heard anybody who played the original Dead Space say that the remake is worse. Um, It was a pretty consistent opinion. Like when I was, because I, when Dead Space won the Patreon poll, I was like, oh, well, I can play the original. It's on Game Pass. So should I play the original or should I play the remake? And it was a pretty unanimous, like, no, just play the remake. It's it's better. So fans of the original, if you liked it, try out the remake. You can trust all of those other people. Uh, Chris, you would agree with that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no reason to go back to the original. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe watch some video footage online, but... Yeah, the uh, the remake is definitely an improvement. Yeah, I would say like you could go back to the original if you're if you're one of those people that like places value in playing the original thing and seeing the original thing. But for me, I'm probably only going to play Dead Space one time. So I wanted to just play the better version, which sounds like the remake is. So, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the people I would recommend Dead Space you know, fans of horror games. Of course, this is a really famous horror game. If you haven't played it, um, give it a shot. Yeah. I I came out of it thinking that this game is, is pretty good. Um, it does a lot of things well, and it, it just kind of overstays its welcome in more ways than one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which, uh, is really easy to do. I mean, I, I've always thought like, uh, horror games, you know, four to eight hours max is the perfect sweet spot. You know, you kind of go past that eight hours and, you know, things start to get old. Um, and I, you know, uh, a game like Dead Space uh, definitely being longer uh, kind of hinders it a bit. Yeah. 
I, I, I think we talked about this on last week's episode about Iron Lung, which is an hour long, so it has no opportunity to overstay its welcome. Um, we talked about that on, on that episode, how horror is a, a mood that is, you just, it's really hard to sustain for longer than 10 hours or so. Uh, by a certain point, people are just going to get used to what you're doing. So I think nothing really quite beats the first couple hours in a horror game when you're not fully aware of how everything works yet. Um, and anything could happen, which is, you know, how Dead Space was too. I actually streamed the first couple hours of this game. So I think that I think that also played into this game not scaring me because when it was introducing all of its newest fresh ideas at me, I was talking with people in the chat. I was um, describing what's going on on the screen as you, you know, people do when you stream. And I think that took a lot of the edge away. And then it just didn't have anything new for me after those first couple hours as far as like ways to scare me or anything. So um, a little bit unfortunate, but hey, that's Hollywood. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah, streaming, yeah, definitely makes things uh, uh, scary games a lot less scary. Yeah. Um, speaking of streaming, uh, if they want to find you, Chris, um, and your Twitch channel, uh, can you talk about your Twitch channel? Talk about what you stream and where people can find you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a, a vertigo to hell on Twitch. The word two is just the number two. And uh, basically, I stream a lot of horror games, like a lot of indie horror games. And then I also stream weirdo games. <laughs> Uh, games that I don't think a lot of people generally stream, like, uh, um, like for example, I, I've I've recently done uh, Road Warden. I uh, still got to go back to that, the weird indie RPG. Um, I've done a lot of like weirdo FMV games, uh, including a little remembered one from Capcom in the '90s that was a comedy spy thriller that was uh, not very funny. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, uh, generally horror and weirdo games. Um, but yeah, yeah, the uh, uh, Ver Vertigo to Hell on Twitch. Um, I also have VOD uploads and YouTube shorts of that stuff on YouTube under the exact same screen name. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, anyone who's interested in uh, watching Chris stream can go check out Vertigo to Hell on Twitch. Um, I, I don't watch streams often, but I do pop into, uh, Chris's streams from time to time to, uh, to hang out. They're a good time. Um, I like your streaming setup. Uh, the, the, I've never seen anyone else have their game on the TV behind them, uh, <laughs> which is cool. I love it. More people should do it. It's a cool little visual, uh, look and the, the black and white filter and everything. Um, it's a good time and, uh, you know, good friendly people in the chat. Um, I enjoy hanging out with you when you do it. So I'll give the recommendation for uh, everyone who's looking for it's especially indie and weird horror game streams uh, to check out Vertigo to Hell on Twitch. And you'll find a link down in the show notes uh, where you can easily go and um, hit that follow button. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. For Tales from the Backlog, if people want to support this show, um, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate if you just help me spread the word. Um, that is the best way to help a young indie podcast spread its wings is to uh, spread the word, tell people about it, share it in your online spaces. Um, you can also leave a rating and review 
If you listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podcast Addict, that is really helpful as well. If you write a review on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict where I can see who you are, I will dedicate the next treat I give to my dog to you. So there you go. Um, You can also join the Discord server for this podcast uh, and my other podcast, which is called a Top 3 Podcast. We have an awesome Discord community full of people who want to talk video games, talk about movies, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, We would love to have you come join the community. There's an invite link down in the show notes. And finally, if you would like to support monetarily, you can do so at patreon.com slash realdavejackson, where you can vote in polls for games to appear on the show, just like Dead Space. Or um, at higher levels, you will get my bonus retro gaming show called Tales from the Way Backlog. The October game is Zombies Ate My Neighbors. So you can check out patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson for all of that. With all of that being said, Chris and I are going to take a break. We're going to come back after that point. It is full spoiler time for dead space. Okay, Chris and I are back, and it is full spoiler time for Dead Space. And when I say full spoilers, we are not going to go in chronological order, so we're going to spoil the entire fucking thing right now. So if you don't want to get out of, if you don't want that, you should leave right now. Okay. So you mentioned Event Horizon several times. As soon as we started seeing the logs and uh, like text files about. Uh, psychological symptoms for what's going on, I immediately jumped to Event Horizon. Uh, Now, I don't remember what the cause of that in Event Horizon was. Was it some alien artifact in that movie too? Oh, it's it's literally hell. Oh, hell. (laughs) Yeah, there's... The spaceship has this gateway drive, which is used to like jump from one place in space to another... But when they activated it for the first time, it opened a portal to hell and the ship went there and then came back haunted by hell. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's I, that's a little bit cooler than what's going on in Dead Space, if I'm being honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, what's actually happened is they discovered an alien artifact called the Marker. It is like a, a monolith type thing uh, that they found. And being near the Marker causes all of these psychological symptoms and then um, causes people to transform into necromorphs um, after repeated exposure or getting like really, really close to it. The marker was found on this planet that they were going to excavate. And there are like multiple conspiracies surrounding the marker as uh, as you learn about why it's there and um, who knows that it's there and who knew it was there the whole time. Um, so what did you think about this storyline of like, this is the explanation for why there are aliens basically? Yeah, it's weird. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I know for me, I could never ever get over just kind of like the, uh, the generic sounding marker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was, I don't know, always something I couldn't really take 
that seriously. But yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I think it does fit in with the uh, kind of like B-horror movie kind of uh, deal. You got some weird monolith object. Uh, it's creating aliens or necromorphs. You know, you got the uh, the weird uh, cult church mixed up uh, with that whole deal. Yeah. The, the unitologists that are... Um... They, you, you read a little bit about the unitologists, and it is just Scientology in space, basically. The structure of how they describe how it works, how you pay money to advance within the church, and um, the belief that, you know, they believe that they will ascend to, a, you know, a higher form of living, which is being the necromorphs. It's like one-to-one Scientology. Yeah, absolutely. And so like like for me personally, I I I didn't really find uh the Church of Unitology that scary or creepy to me. For me, uh I just kept being reminded of the Habologists from Fallout 2, mm. uh which was a earlier also spoof on Scientology. Um, you know, more comedy based, but I don't know doing kind of like a horror Scientology. I don't know. I, I, I think real life science, <laughs> that whole deal is a lot scarier than the, uh, any, any fictional version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I would tend to agree. The one thing I will give it though, uh, in here is that the, the Scientologists and there's the ship is like full of unitologists, unitologists, and it seems like more widespread than Scientology is in our real world. Like the ship is full of them. Isaac's parents were unitologists. Uh, the one thing that I think is really cool is that the unitologists thought that the U S government was trying to hide the marker. They were, cause they found it on the planet. They were mining. They brought it up to the ship. They thought there was this big conspiracy about that. The U S or the earth government that they call it, um, is involved in trying to cover up this whole thing. That's part one of their conspiracy, but they were right about that. The Earth government was trying to cover up this whole thing. That's why Isaac and Kendra and the rest of the uh, the Kellyan were there to try and cover this up. Yeah, you know that that is true. Uh, kind kind of reminds me a lot. Uh, not even talking about our Event Horizon this time, but. Uh, uh, alien or aliens mm. with uh, Wayland Utani, that corporation, doing their own cover ups, secret conspiracies, trying to get their own, uh, uh, you know, the alien for themselves for whatever, you know, they wanted to do with it, all that kind of stuff. I haven't seen Alien in such a long time <laughs> that, yeah, I, I don't remember. But I, I mean, I, the reason I think that this is cool is because, like, once you read just the slightest bit about unitology in here, you're going to be like, oh, that's Scientology. They're full of shit because Scientology is full of shit. But then they present this thing where they're like, we believe the government is hiding this from us. And they're right about that. You just dismiss it out of hand because why would they be right about anything? They're Scientology. Yeah, that, that is true. That, that is a cool little twist on it. The thing that they were wrong about, though, is the whole death and rebirth um, in a higher 
plane of being or whatever the fuck they call it uh, in dead space. What they are is they're turning into aliens and uh, you know, there's, there's no happy ending after that. So they, they had me a little bit in the first half, but they were the most wrong about the most important thing. So, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would totally completely pass on getting turned into a necromorph. Yeah. Hard pass for sure. Although you, you still get to keep your clothes. There were some of the necromorphs were funny that they were still, they still got to wear like their shin guards uh, so that you can't shoot their legs out. See, uh, uh, th- there's always a silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they eventually explain um, what I think is cool. Another kind of like fun twist on this story is that this marker that's on the planet was not originally there. It was originally on Earth. They brought it to this planet to take it off of Earth and hide it. And then the Ishimura found it. And now the Earth government, uh, led by Kendra, who's your, or not, she's not the leader. She's just the representative of the Earth uh, government on the Kellyan with you. Um, she's been kind of helping you along your your quest the whole game. But her real purpose is to get this marker under control and hide it and cover it all up again, uh, which is just classic Earth government. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know I, I, I found myself personally uh, uh, getting into the uh, the red herring of the uh, the other dude uh, that you're working with um, being like, oh, I'm not I'm not trusting this guy. Th- this guy is up to some conspiracy stuff. Mm. But yeah, then it ends up being, you know, Kendra, really. It was kind of... um. I'm going to do one of those guy who's only seen the boss baby uh, comparing everything else to the boss baby things here. But it reminds me of Barry versus Wesker in Resident Evil, the first one, uh, where if you play as Jill, they set up Barry as the one you can't trust when it's actually Wesker the whole time. Kind of similar here uh, where Kendra seems really helpful. But the other guy, it's one of those things where he's like, yeah, Isaac, everything's fucked. Um, I need you to go repair the gravity field. I'm going to hang out in the comms tower. Um, I'm just going to be chilling in this office while you go do all this stuff. Yeah. Could you go fix the satellites? That'd be great. Yeah, uh, j- just an entire game of, uh, yeah, Isaac, we're going to need you to do this and risk your life Yeah. over and over and over again for 13 hours. <laughs> Um, actually I, I made a mistake. I misspoke. The marker on the Ishimura is a duplicate of the real marker that was on the earth. Um, so again, the unitologists were, were right about that. The, the earth government's covering it up. Um, this was an experiment to make a new marker and see how it goes basically. So we see how it goes and Kendra's there to do the cleanup, I suppose. Oh yeah. Yeah kind of forgot yeah the the whole duplicate thing yeah all all of that is just pretty wild <laughs> yeah uh and it's 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 kind of fun following the story of the marker and what's actually going on i mean an alien artifact that causes people to go crazy and turn into aliens is fun i like that it's uh it's just a fun little concept yeah it's always a good time always a good time and then you get to you get to stomp on them yeah. Which is uh, even a better time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say the last level, when you leave the Ishimura to like take the marker back down to the surface of the planet, 
Um, that last level sucks. It is an entire level, an entire hour, hour and a half of uh, the markers on a conveyor belt. Oh no, there's a bridge blocking it. Go raise the bridge and fight a bunch of dudes. And then it moves to the next room. Oh no, the marker's stuck on something else. Please get rid of that and fight a bunch of dudes for like an hour. And it's, um, yeah, it sucks. Yep, agree there. Uh, not a big <laughs> fan of that at all. It was cool to get off the ship. It was cool to see something other than the inside of the ship. But what you're doing was so clearly out of ideas that I, yeah, didn't like it. Yeah, I, I I would have taken a couple more uh, zero G segments outside of the ship than that. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, for sure. Oh, there's another thing that I, I heard was really shitty in the original that got fixed was um, the zero G segment where you're doing like the asteroid defense. Yeah, um, that is a uh, uh, definitely improved. I don't like like it's been so long. I don't remember a ton of details from from the original. Mm -hmm. uh, segment of that but uh i think uh just in general like the zero g segments were were pretty pretty improved you know they're not perfect or anything but it's always kind of fun floating around you know setting that uh jetpack or whatever the the boots off reminded me a lot of uh, uh some of those segments from prey actually yeah um I, I think they're better in dead space than they were in prey like fighting in zero G and prey was terrible. I thought, yeah, uh, it also gave me motion sickness. So that doesn't help. But in dead space, they were fine. I didn't like the boss fights that were in zero G, but the regular fighting was, was kind of fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you, you get a couple of necromorphs, a couple of tentacle dudes, and you can just, you know, kind of zip on by, uh, really loop, you know, loop around them in, in zero G. I, I thought those are pretty fun. Yeah. So the other thing, probably the more famous part of the story in Dead Space is that you're on the hunt to find Nicole, who is uh, Isaac's girlfriend, wife, partner, whatever. And uh, Nicole has been dead the entire time. And that is a, a, a revelation. There's a big scene at the end where Kendra tells you about what's been going on. First, though... All the chapters have names and there's like a little Easter egg, I guess, that the chapter names, the first letter in every name of the chapters spell out, Nicole is dead. So did you notice this when you were playing? I did not. Yeah. Uh, th this is actually all new to me. I never had this spoiled. And yeah, just uh, seeing it here is is pretty wild and kind of fun. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know how anyone would notice that unless they write down all the chapter names or they look at a guide and then they spend too long looking at the list of chapter names. Like, yeah, it's to the point where, like, I don't think anyone's going to figure this out on their own. If you did, if you're listening and you did, that's cool. You are much more observant than the two of us. But in my opinion, it's to the point where, like, it wouldn't be a cool reveal to figure that out. It's just something where everyone's going to see it after the fact and be like, huh, that's kind of interesting. But that's, that's all that that adds up to, in my opinion. But anyway, Nicole's been dead the whole time. So we said at the beginning, Isaac gets a distress call from Nicole. 
this is the thing that I said is just kind of dumb. I think the way that they explained this. So as you've been going through the game, you, you see all these, what you now know are hallucinations. You've been talking with Nicole. Nicole's been with you. She rode in the spaceship down to the surface of the planet with you. But like, she doesn't act like a normal person. She teleports from place to place. She kind of leads you along and she doesn't run up and give you a hug when she sees you like it's your romantic partner or something like she acts super detached and all of that. And it turns out it's because she's not real. And the reason for this that they gave is that there's an extra minute on the video and Isaac just didn't watch it. So like the first half is the distress call. And then the second half is Nicole killing herself but Isaac just stopped it after the distress call part. And that is an explanation that I'm just like, I don't buy that for one second at all. No, absolutely not. Like how, who is not watching the whole video? Yeah. Like from their, come on <laughs> from their wife or their girlfriend or whatever. Like, yeah. you think I'm not going to watch the, I'm just going to stop after like the part where she's like, we're in danger. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't need any more information. I see there's another minute here, but I've seen what I need to see, you know? Yeah. <laughs> At least like 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 in the uh the beginning of uh like Resident Evil 7 when Mia sends Ethan uh that little footage mm-hmm. you know the hey baby bye baby kind of oh I love you kind of thing and then there's like a second one but that one doesn't get sent like it's stopped by Lucas or whoever. Uh-huh. Uh where you know she's like stay away. Um that's a better explanation than ah, I, I'm done with you, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> Again, I've seen what I need to see. I don't yeah. need to watch this entire video. <laughs> like this, so this was spoiled for me beforehand. I did it to myself. I listened to Play Along podcast and their episode about it, so I knew that she was dead. But I like. I was doing yard work or something. I wasn't like paying attention to how you find out that she's dead. And I, I just like, I, I think the storyline of Isaac hallucinating and all of that is cool. And you get like really cool visual glitching and the sounds of the whispers and people like whispering to Isaac and saying stuff. That's all awesome. But then the explanation being that, Isaac just willfully didn't watch the whole video is really fucking stupid, I think. Yeah, it's so stupid. But it also, uh, yeah, the whole Nicole thing actually, again, reminds me of Event Horizon. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I hate to do it again, but like like there's a scene where there's like a character. She's, you know, uh, back on Earth. She's like a mother and, you know, and all that. She has like a kid who's sort of kind of like injured. And then all of a sudden, she thinks her kid is on the ship somehow mm-hmm. because, you know, hell is haunting the ship. But she really starts to believe <laughs> this kid is on the ship and is chasing him around until, you know, she ends up falling and injuring herself really bad. Like, no, no, no. Your your kid did not fly up to space to get on yeah. the spaceship. Like, yeah, Nicole isn't really there, dude. Yep. Yep this is revealed in like a big dramatic conversation with Kendra at the end, after you fight the final No, it's before you fight the final boss. I think so. No, it's after because it's right. It's after because it's right before you escape. Right. Right. 
she has this big conversation explaining what's going on. But like anyone who's paying it, like, did this surprise you the first time when you played the original, the knowledge that she's dead? Oh, uh, I, I, I'd say probably. Um, but I was also a lot younger mm. back in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, not as uh, knowledgeable on the horror uh, stuff and tropes and stupid tricks. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I was going to say, I think that this was laid out pretty well, like pretty obviously. I guess if you're not looking for it, then maybe. But the fact that, you know, when you're leaving the planet, Nicole literally teleports from the room where you were to inside the spaceship. You turn your head, she's not there. And when you turn back, she's sitting next to you. And so that should be a little hint. And the way she acts and all of the other obvious hallucinations um, should kind of clue you in, I think, a little. But you're right. In 2008, I was a lot less media savvy than I am right now. And also, as I've noted on the show many times, um, a twist will normally catch me by surprise because I'm normally not putting those puzzle pieces together. I guess I just had the benefit of already knowing in order to see the foreshadowing this time. Yeah, and I know for me personally, especially when I'm watching movies, it also uh, happens with games. Like I, I end up getting into this mode where I'm, I, I try to be more focused, but I end up missing so much because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be focused uh-huh. <laughs> on something, and then all this other stuff, you know. And like uh, people think I'm crazy for it, but like it, it's kind of like why I gotta watch uh, uh, movies multiple times to really fully get it. Yeah, I think that like doing games for the podcast helps me with that because I'm always taking notes. So like those little, those details that maybe seemed weird, I'm more likely to write them down now than like if I'm playing something that's not for the podcast or, you know, five years ago, I would play something and maybe I wouldn't note down that, uh, Hey, why doesn't Nicole give Isaac a hug? Maybe I wouldn't make note of that. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an, it's a weird twist that I think works in some ways, but like the biggest reveal is really dumb. I think the other part of that though, is that there's another doctor on this uh, ship that you've been talking with and the marker has been forcing her to think that Isaac is her dead boyfriend uh, who was on the ship as well, which I think that's cool. Like, Hey, this is happening to other people. Like the exact same thing is happening to other people. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. There, there's actually a couple of interesting doctors on that ship. I know there was that one uh, dude doctor who is like all, all about uh, unitology and uh, like like uh, I can't remember if it was actually in one of the side quests where I eventually got um, like one of those holograms of the doc. Like like he was like uh, experimenting on people working mm-hmm. on the Ishimura and. Uh, I know there was that one dude, at least, that he, I don't know if it was his first time making a necromorph or, or what. The one who made like a, the, the regenerating one? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The regenerator guy, yeah. Yeah. All, it seems like maybe not all the doctors. I bet the Ishimura had more than three doctors, but at least those yeah. <laughs> three were up to some uh, some nonsense on their ship. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you think of the final boss fight? 
there is this giant alien on the surface of the planet that is, um, it's like a hive mind. I think it's, it's controlling all the necromorphs. And so you're returning the marker to the planet, but you also want to stop the necromorphs. So did you enjoy that fight? Um, I, uh, well, uh, more or less, I, you know, again, I think the spectacle is cool. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, you know, the actual fight I can, you know, take or leave really. Yeah. But you know, you're, you're, you're doing an action horror game. Make that shit big. You know, yep. it's very cool looking. It is big. And the boss, <laughs> the boss fight basically amounts to it slams its tentacles down and you just run to the side to avoid it. And it spits out poison and you just run to the other side to avoid it. And it'll spawn some ads and you kill them. Um, the, the cool thing is after you beat it, um, it will pick you up and hold you upside down. So you have an upside down kind of action sequence where you have to shoot the eye. You get unlimited ammo for this section. Um, it is possible to fail, which kind of sucks. Kind of wish it wasn't possible to fail that. But anyway, that was kind of cool. That's the final boss. would be uh would be cool if uh they could learn a little bit maybe from uh you know resident evil Uh, even like a four make like uh that final boss fight not not too difficult in my opinion you know salazar you know and you're running across the little you know area but uh i don't know that is still better to me well they then they had the courage in that game to have the final boss turn into this this giant screen-filling enemy, and then uh, you get a rocket launcher, which kills it in one hit, and it's this big cinematic badass moment. Yeah. Um, whereas in Dead Space, you're just kind of dodging these tentacles and shooting the weak spots as they become uncovered. It's, it's extremely Legend of Zelda, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, there are two endings. Which ending did you get? Oh, I got the uh, the regular one. Actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, the regular one's the only one you can get if you just yeah. play it once. Yeah. In this ending, uh, you leave on the ship. Isaac kind of sits in silence uh, on the ship. He's extremely uh, fucked up by what he's seen and done, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The distress call from Nicole plays again. Uh, He turns it off, um, but then he hears the line, I wish I could just talk to someone from the video, Uh, but this time it's not from the video recording. It's from inside the room. And uh, he looks over and Nicole's dead body is in the seat next to him. And then this jump scare got me. The dead body lunges at you and it cuts to black right at the end. Yeah, uh, this... Again, apologies. Again, uh, this is a very Event Horizon ending. <laughs> one more uh, for the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that one, like, 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 it ends with like kind of like a jump scare like that, where oh, you know, we're 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 off the ship, we're traveling, you know, away, and then big jump scare. Oh, you're not really off the ship. Ah, and 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 then the uh, the lady wakes up, and she's with like the uh, uh, whatever recovery crew you know, found them or whatever. And, mm. you know, she's just all like, like she's kind of gone like insane in panic and all of that. Uh, really reminds me of that. Man, I wrote at the beginning that this movie or this game reminded me of Event Horizon. I didn't know it went that deep throughout yeah. the whole thing. 
Yeah, it it it, it is pretty crazy, and there's uh, no aliens in Event Horizon, so... Well, there we go. We've got one half, like you said, in the elevator pitch, one half alien and one half event horizon. That's right. Perfect. <laughs> um, have you watched the other ending before? Um, I have not. Okay. I will describe it to you. Uh, and for anyone else listening, there is a, another ending that you can get if you play New Game Plus, And then there are these items called marker fragments uh, that are situated around the station um, you go collect all of them and then put them in like the captain's office. There's like a table with like a a diorama set up or something, and you place all of them, and then you can get this alternate ending, where it starts out the same, except Nicole is alive and walking around in the spaceship with Isaac as they escape, um, and they're talking to each other. They're talking about where they're going to go and what they're going to do. Um, Isaac has this very creepy like grin on his face like he doesn't look disheveled like he does in the regular ending he looks deranged now um he's got this weird smile and shit him and nicole are talking and he basically says we uh before we do anything else um i have to build a little something first uh but i think you're gonna like it he says to her and then she was in the background and she walks forward up to the pilot seat and she's still very much dead uh, from what you can see of her face. So I think this means Isaac is going to build another marker. Uh, I think since you left the other one on the planet. Oh, that, that is interesting. I, I, I kind of dig that for like a dark horror kind of ending. Yeah. Yeah. I like it more than the regular ending, which I guess makes sense if they want people to work harder to get this ending. Oh Yeah. Well, the, the the original ending fits, but this is cooler, I think, because it leaves me with a lot more questions. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I kind of dig that idea. Like, it reminds me of the uh, the horror game uh, Visage, uh, where you can, you know, you, you can go through the game, and then once you're done with all the chapters, you can end it, or you can collect all these pieces for this mask, and then you get the, quote, good ending, mm-hmm. um, even though I don't think any ending in that game is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that is kind of a, a, a very fun for like a, yeah, like a replay of crazy Isaac. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He, you should, uh, you should look up the ending on YouTube. It's, you know, these endings are like a minute long, so you should look it up on YouTube and see, see his face. It's, it's kind of cool how he's, um, just completely lost it, but in a like happy and content way now, uh, instead of, mentally broken like the the original ending and you said you never played dead space 2 but i did watch some videos that kind of said that this alternate ending connects a little bit better with dead space 2 than uh the original one. Oh, interesting and i i don't want to get too deep into it because i don't know if what i know about dead space 2 is like a late game spoiler that they reveal uh, about what's going on there but i this does connect a little bit better oh yeah that that is pretty cool and i do know uh this did uh you know playing through uh dead space remake did leave me curious about actually finally getting to dead space 2 yeah um yeah and uh well who knows about 3 <laughs> i know that does not have its fans Right. But, uh, yeah. (laughs) From what I hear, 
I think they, I think if I remember right, they leaned more in an action direction and less of a horror direction. And also like, you've already played two games of this. What else do they have for you? I, I, Curious if they're going to keep remaking these. Like, I imagine this this game did pretty well, I think. So I imagine we'll get Dead Space 2 remake, uh, which will be cool. I'll play that for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, now, now, now I'm kind of like, oh, do I wait a few years to play the uh, Dead Space 2 remake <laughs> or do I play the original? And yeah. then I guess the real test comes if they get to uh, Dead Space 3 remake. Are, are, are they going to be able to pull a Capcom and like improve whatever you know was bad about the original kind of like uh you know at least for me capcom improving like uh the military island for example in in formake oh yeah yeah for sure huge improvement there um but this um this remake of the first game was was good enough that if they remake dead space 2 I'll definitely play it and if they don't I will I'll definitely consider playing the original dead space 2 I just you know Got a lot of games to play and um this one this one like I enjoyed it, but we talked about how it wore out its welcome and it didn't leave me with a feeling of like I need to play Dead Space 2 immediately. It didn't leave me with that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same more or less, like, you know, if 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 it did leave me like that, I would have, you know, gone right right into Dead Space 2 and not uh, you know, any any anything else. But uh yeah, I, I I'd say this, you know, for me is probably that like, um, classic. Uh, it, like a lot of indie horror is like this for me, where it's like a solid that uh, C plus B minus, kind of like just mm-hmm. right in there, where it's uh it's enjoyable, you know, for what it is. Yeah, I I think it's too long. I think they ran out of gameplay ideas well before they wrapped up the story and the story was like half of a success and then half of kind of a, you know, a wet fart at the end of the (laughs) Nicole is dead storyline. So it was a little bit disappointing. I was, I was expecting more from the story from that perspective, but yeah, what are you going to do? That's right. (laughs) This has been a good time, man. I thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, I will recommend again at the end of the show for everyone who's stuck it out to the end. Thank you very much. I recommend you all uh, check out Vertigo to Hell, again, the number two on Twitch. Um, good horror game streams there. Fun vibe, cool chat, uh, good uh, good stuff. Uh, again, check down in the show notes. You'll find a link to uh, the Twitch channel where you can go and check out that everything Chris is doing there. So, uh, Chris, thank you again. Good times. Thank you to everybody who listened to the end. You all are my heroes. And tune in next week for the final game of Horror Month, which is Signalis, coming up next week. <laughs>